Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. This episode will be on the importance of having your child begin this semester by creating, by connecting with, and cultivating a relationship with their teachers or their professors. I think many of us know that a major reason for our youth's difficulty when it comes to remote learning or hybrid learning, I think a huge reason has been that the opportunities to build relationships with their teachers, well, these opportunities, they've decreased. And not only have they decreased, but if they do exist, the form of these opportunities have changed drastically, mainly from in-person to scheduled screen office hours. And while this episode will focus mainly on how your child can create and cultivate these student-teacher relationships while in a remote or hybrid model, I want you to know that the why and the most of the how in terms of how to do this, this will apply to students who are doing in-person schooling as well. Okay, but before I share some ideas and specific examples of how your child can do this, I'm going to start with the why. Research shows that when a student builds a relationship and has a positive opinion of that teacher, all types of positive outcomes occur. Outcomes including higher effort, persistence, better grades, higher levels of learning goals, perceptions of ability, and perceptions of school being useful and helpful. And yes, this research includes liking the teacher. But I'll say this, without the opportunity to connect with, get to know cultivate a relationship with a teacher, this liking or opportunity to develop a positive opinion of a teacher, well, it's going to be really difficult, if not highly unlikely. We have to remember it is the relationship that improves these outcomes. Also, many of these outcomes are highly impacted by accountability. And when it comes to holding a student accountable, it's very difficult for a teacher or any other adult to hold a young person accountable if they do not have a relationship with that young person. And even more so, it is difficult for our youth to feel accountable to an adult, a teacher, if they don't have a meaningful relationship with them. In my work as a therapist, I know that I have to develop a relationship to have rapport with a young person before I can confront, before I can hold them accountable. Accountable for what they say, what they do, or what they don't do. Many students need to care about, to value the relationship with the teacher in order to feel accountable to them or to feel accountable for meeting certain academic expectations. Think about it. If a student doesn't know their teacher and therefore the teacher doesn't know them, then who cares if I skip class? Don't participate. Don't turn in my work. For so many students, the relationship provides the motivation to meet those expectations. I know I was one of those students. Maybe you were. I just barely met the expectations of school. But the main reason I was able to scrape by and graduate was because of the relationships. The relationships that I had with teachers, counselors, coaches, administrators, and other school staff. I knew them. And they knew me. They knew my name. They knew my strengths. They knew my weaknesses. Not only did they know me, but they cared about me. And due to these caring relationships, I didn't want to disappoint them. I wanted them to like me, to respect me. And this was the main reason that I graduated. And for many of the students I speak with, 
that I work with, they too need, they too require the relationships in order to meet most academic expectations. Many students try their very best to go unnoticed, unnoticed by their teachers and other school staff. This approach is in part motivated by fear, a fear that if I'm noticed, if I'm known, if I'm cared about, then I might just let those people down and ultimately let myself down. For so many of our students, it can be a scary proposition to be noticed, to be known, to be cared about by school staff. Not showing up, not engaging, not trying. It's a whole lot easier to do when the only people who notice or who care live under the same roof as you do. So knowing all that, let's help, let's support, let's coach our kids on how they can push through that fear and allow for the courage it takes to connect, create, and cultivate a relationship with their teachers. And in this unnatural school year, this relationship building doesn't need to come natural for your child. In fact, if it doesn't come natural, that's all the more reason why it needs to occur. So before I start the how, I want to talk about the when. And the when is now. I totally should have released this episode last week because many of our students have already had their first week of classes. But if your child hasn't already, now's the time for them to create those connections. With each day that passes, the fear, the resistance, that awkward of reaching out to a teacher increases. So I encourage you to help your child make these connections as soon as possible. If your child is doing remote or hybrid learning, help them create an introduction email to their teachers and send that introduction promptly. I really hope that all teachers are making this introduction a part of their class. But if they don't, I believe it's a must for most students to initiate. So on the content of this intro, usually when students or their parents reach out to teachers, it is usually just to communicate the difficulties, the learning differences that a student may have. While this can be helpful, I believe it should be just a part of that introduction. And here's why. Oftentimes, the learning difficulties email is sent to hold the teacher more accountable and to allow for less accountability from the student. I'm not saying don't include it, but I am saying don't lead with it. Don't make it the primary part or the point of sending the email. All right, enough setup. Here are a few examples of what this introduction can look like. Paragraph one, name, brief bio, hobbies and interests. And I encourage any student to close that first paragraph with some version of something interesting about me is have your child share something unique, something interesting, maybe even something unusual about them. Because I'm talking to teachers through the years, I found that this is the thing that the teacher will remember the most. And this can be a fun and effective way for your child to make an impression on their teachers. A teacher knowing your child's name, where they were born, the fact that they play the piano, have two siblings, enjoy playing video games. That's all great. Don't get me wrong. But if the teacher also knows that your child collects back scratchers, maybe speaks pig Latin, or can make a really realistic water droplet sound by flicking their cheek, I can't do it. Hold on. Oh, that wasn't bad. Okay. If they can do that, include that. Or if they can sing with their mouth closed, I won't even try that. If they can do any of these things, share the unique, share the interesting. And if your child doesn't feel like they have an interesting talent, 
or hobby, then maybe they can share something else. Something like the animal that they'd like to be if they're reincarnated as an animal. Or maybe what their strategy would be in a zombie apocalypse. Or maybe if they're only allowed to use one, only one condiment or sauce on their food for the rest of their life, what would that condiment be? Because when you think about it, this is a very important question to ask oneself. And mine would be ranch. Now hear me out. The question is not what your favorite condiment is. It's what you would choose if you could only choose one. And ranch is obviously a great selection because it's versatile. Multi-purpose, I guess you could say. You can use it on pizza, potatoes, most meats, veggies, so many foods. Okay, so that's the first paragraph. Second paragraph, goals for the class. Goals for the school year. What they're looking forward to learning in that class. All right, third and final paragraph. Difficulties or differences when it comes to learning and then close with strengths when it comes to school. But also include overall personal strengths and personal character strengths. Bring it up a lot on here, but get out and look up those 24 character strengths from VIA. That can be a helpful resource for this paragraph. Link is in the show notes. Okay, so there you go. Just one example or framework to use. And if your child doesn't like that one, no worries. In the show notes, I included links to some free templates for students to use for this introduction. Whatever framework or template you use, I think it's best that the overall tone be upbeat and be positive. As I said, I think an introduction is a must for many, if not most, of our students. But as I said earlier, it will be important for your child to continue the communication. Continue it so they can cultivate the relationship. And this is achieved by ongoing ongoing and consistent, and hopefully scheduled communication. If the teacher offers office hours, encourage your child to attend. If the teacher doesn't offer office hours, encourage your child to request them. And in that first office visit, I believe, I recommend that this is when your child should ask their teachers what they can do, what they should know in order to be successful in that class. And another thing is, if your child utilizes these office hours consistently, If they do this, they can then ask and receive fleet and frequent feedback on their graded work. All right, so to summarize a bit, if your child hasn't already, help them, coach them on writing that initial introduction. Now's the time. Also, encourage ongoing, consistent, and scheduled communication with their teachers. And I wish this would go without saying, but I know it doesn't. Please notice that I use the words help, coach, support, and encourage. This communication should be coming from the student and not from the parent. I am not saying you shouldn't communicate with your child's teachers when appropriate. It's not what I'm recommending. I'm just saying this is an opportunity or endeavor that should be executed by the student. And please, I should have totally mentioned this earlier, but if your child is resistant to this communication, Please explain the why behind this effort. Share with them that creating, continuing, and cultivating a relationship with their teachers will likely result in them putting in more effort, being more persistent. It will likely result with getting better grades and improve their perception of their abilities. And not just that. Maybe, just maybe, these efforts could result in a meaningful relationship with a human being. A human being who is known to your child as teacher. 
but who may later be best described as mentor. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspectiveforparents.com. Spelled out, that's perspective, the number four, parents.com. Thanks again.